Hi, I'm Natalie. I'm Lena. And I'm Sean. We are three friends who all love film and thought it would be cool to discuss movies from our perspective. We rate movies in terms of how drunk you need to be to enjoy them. We call it the Martini Scale. What's up, ladies? Hello. Hello. How are we doing this week? Good. Week seven of quarantine. It's week seven? My God. It's week seven for me. I'm assuming that's applicable to most people. But yeah, this is my seventh week of working from home. Well, um, add two weeks onto that for me because I was home unemployed for two weeks. Oh, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, y'all. So how are we feeling this week? Natalie, are you still going crazy? Uh, A little bit, you know it's it's a real roller coaster um yeah i'm just i'm aiming to have a better week this week i think that's what i'm looking at okay well everything (laughs) is progress so (laughs) (laughs) i actually hurt myself um oh my god how doing my peloton workout i think i oh no strained or sprained something and so I now can't work out and I'm stuck in my apartment, which is awesome. Oh, God. I'm so, sorry. Yeah, it's pretty rad. I'm still trying to go for Oops. walks every day because it's – I if I have to just literally just sit here doing nothing, I would go insane. You're just uh, pushing yourself too hard, man. Yeah. Yesterday, <laughs> I, I ventured out to Trader Joe's, which is a lovely experience. It literally feels like we're living in the apocalypse. That's all I have to say. It was the weirdest. I don't know if you guys have been to a grocery store, but it was legit like – I can't even describe the awkwardness of that experience. They have these like partitions up now between you and the cashier. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And the splash to... guards, yeah. sneeze guards. And you have to like stand away from the, you know, they have like a little X we have to stand and then you have to reach over to do your contactless payment. It's just, I don't know. I, uh, and I know this isn't going to end anytime soon. So it's just like, no, oh it's craziness. I think it's more of like the realities are hitting for me that, you know, I think, Obviously, everybody was hoping, oh, let's do this for two weeks and then a month and then two months. And for whatever reason, my brain always thought, oh, then we would just go back to the way life was. And it just seems like that's certainly not going to be the case for at least probably through the whole year, which just is so hard for me to think about that. I know. So, Natalie, you're the one person out of all of us that works in the actual film industry. And how are you guys... Like handling this like how how do you resume any sort of normalcy in your work in terms of content it, production i mean everything has to change you have to change you know what you're writing and how you're writing it um you know walking through crowds of people isn't going to happen anymore um you think about oh so-and-so enters a restaurant can they i mean are we doing that now it's going to be a place filled with people you can't have a tent full of background you know extras a hundred people sitting in a tent all day and then you think about craft services and catering and that food would just be out on a table or an entire line would be dismissed at lunch and be walking through and serving themselves and everybody touching the same tongs and the same you know spoon and it's So all of that stuff has got to change. And, you know, the amount, the sheer amount of bodies that could be on a set at once, also that has to change. You have to think about that kind of stuff. And, you know, maybe there were people that 
writers of television shows that maybe now no longer go out and visit set and, you know, any production meetings, everybody's kind of staying in their office and Skyping in or zooming into the production meeting, even from in the same building. So it's just things like that will start to happen when we can get production going again. And so the version of how we did things is just not going to be the same way anymore. But what does like filming content even look like anymore? I mean, if you think about like, what is it just like close up shots of people that are far apart in the same room? Like, how does that <laughs> I mean, you've always had to cheat to some extent, right? Like with coverage and whatever. And so I understand mm-hmm. that like that's, you know, always been a thing and will continue. But how like I'm worried about like right now we still have like ample content because we have like, you know, backlogs of you know, episodes and films and stuff that these production companies have not released. But Mm -hmm. what happened six months from now when there's been no content being filmed? It's like, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we're going to wait six months for content to start being filmed. Either production company is now talking about um, starting production in the next month or two. But with these very massive changes and production kind of getting going again, in, you know, countries outside of the U.S. that, you know, have been a little, little bit less impacted by it. You know, so I think that there's still ways of working around it, but it's definitely going to change how we're working around it um, and how we create, you know, film and television at this point. So, and I think it's going to be interesting to kind of see how, what we're shooting, how that differs, what the sto- how the story is different. Yeah, so it's like sure. you think of like the two movies we are watching in this episode and the amount of background and extras that are in both of these movies. I mean, one is shot entirely at a wedding venue with all of the wedding guests. So even with the best visual effects artists, how are you cheating that, you know, with, you know, I don't know. So it's just can you even tell that story now? Well, and you could never, literally never film the second film we're discussing. (laughs) Yeah. In the current Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe movies, no offense, but like Avengers and stuff like that, where it's literally the 10 main cast and green screen anyways, then it's like, great. (laughs) Yeah. Avatar's got like six movies lined up. They're fine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's still, I mean, you'd be surprised at how much is you know, visual effects anyway. So it's like a lot of you think the big, big scope of things, that's not going to change. It's more of like the realistic storytelling and seeing lots of people. That's going to be where it's going to be different. I actually thought, I don't know if you guys are watching Saturday Night Live, but I actually thought that was, it's been interesting to watch like their production value increase over the last couple of weeks because at first oh, it was yeah. literally everybody on their, you know, laptops essentially doing like zoom skits or whatever and then this week it's clear that they sent everybody like a green screen and a 4k camera to do their you know their work and um that was much better it was much better and i just like the production value like in like increased exponentially i thought and even like the weekend update stuff you could tell like they had graphics and like Mm -hmm. i don't know there was there was something about it that like i still don't find saturday night live entertaining personally but i was watching it just to like you know because it's it's super relevant right now and just it was really interesting to kind of watch it um but I can see them doing you know like there was that one skit where they did with Kate McKinnon and I can't remember her name but like in the supermarket that was actually kind of funny 
Oh yeah. I and, loved that one. Yeah. And it was really interesting how like they, it looked like they were together in certain shots, even though they clearly weren't. And I think mm-hmm. that, like that kind of creativity is going to have to come into play very prominently in the coming months because you know, that's, that's going to be our new reality. Yeah. I think it's, you know, I definitely appreciate how like they took really big steps to improve the quality within this is only the second time they've done it. So it was a very big jump from the first week that they tried this to now the second week. Um, But it's, yeah, you think about something like that, like live productions, like stage managers, people moving the sets around costume, wardrobe, you know, makeup, hair, all of this stuff that goes into producing that show. Like, how is that ever going to get going again in the way that it was? So, well, and then also, stop. I don't think that any one of us think about this, but like Broadway, like that, none oh, yeah. of them can work. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that whole thing is like, what's going to happen there? Yeah, Even, and that's a huge live audience, you know. Yeah. Well, that's that's what I was just going to say. The live audience aspect is actually, it's really interesting to me. So, like, I'm a big Bill Maher fan, and this could, this what I'm about to say could apply to any late night show or what have you, but um, it's been really interesting to watch Bill Maher do his show every week because he's filming his monologue, like, in his backyard, and he's doing interviews, like, on Skype in his house and whatever. And part of the, I don't know, part of, like, I think the magic of some of these shows is the live studio audience, and even like the laugh track still kind of isn't the same. And Bill Maher has been doing this thing where he still uses the laugh track. And I find that like incredibly comforting because it brings some, I don't know, some sense of normalcy to watching that show. And Mm -hmm. it's been really interesting to watch some of these late night guys do their show, you know, from their attic or their basement or whatever. And it's like, it's just not the same. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I definitely, the uh, first Saturday Night Live that they did from home, the weekend update, they had other people listening in on the jokes and were laughing. Like, I don't know who these people were, but I even felt like that aspect of it helped a little bit more than this past week where they didn't have any laugh track or anybody listening in. And I was like, so I felt like a lot of those jokes like fell flat. Totally. They do. True. And I think that's the one thing, again, to go back to Bill Maher for a second, that's the one thing that his producers are doing really well is they're also, they're, they're doing this cute little thing where they splice in, like, audiences from, like, the 20s or audiences from, like, something super random that isn't <laughs> that show in any way. But the mm-hmm. laugh track matches the normal laughter from his audience. Where people would laugh, yeah. Yeah, and so it actually feels like if you almost, like, I, I literally, when I was listening earlier, I was like, I closed my eyes and just kind of listened, and it felt for a moment like it was, everything was normal. And I think that, I don't know, it's just, it's weird times, weird times. Weird I think weird. that that's, you know, an argument that I think people have for why it's fun to see comedies in the theater, because laughing with people makes the jokes land a little bit better and it makes it funnier and you kind of start giggling along to something that you're like okay that was funny and then everybody's laughing and you it eventually kind of like tickles you and gets you you know and it's as much as maybe like production value isn't to the level of like a marvel's marvel movie but it's like still that like laughing in a group like that there's kind of nothing quite like that yeah, and I don't know about you guys too, but I think like I've been going back into the archives and watching some of my favorite like TV shows and my favorite movies and stuff. And um, there's something that like I appreciate even more about those that art because 
it was made in a time when, I don't know, I mean, I would even argue there's like a level of innocence to some of it, but it was made during a time where things were different and things are going to be different in a, you know, going forward. And it's, it's going to be kind of weird to navigate that reality over the next year plus. Um, and so I, I'm grateful that we have the content that we do to kind of like get us through that, you know? Yeah. So on that, did you hear, Oh, Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Lena. I was listening to the mayor's, um, the mayor's, uh, little speech today. And he said, um, if you haven't seen contagion, you should probably see it. Oh, really? What? Now he's recommending that two months ago. You know, I don't know what in reference to it because I I was half in, half out. uh, But I was just like, wait, did he just say contagion? I think he was talking about somebody that helped make the movie or something. I don't know. He was talking about some guy. But I was just like, oh, whoops. (laughs) No, I'm really trying hard to like this. And this is, if you know me, this is, you know, what a challenge this is for me. But I'm really trying hard to avoid the news a lot. like I'll, I'll catch the headlines, you know, and kind of stay updated. Um, and I'll watch some stuff here and there, but for the most part, I just, I can't, I don't know. It was just affecting me too much to watch all the chaos and the bad news. And I just, I can't, if I'm going to stay well mentally and physically, I have to, I have to avoid a lot of that. I hear you, man. Yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I, go through waves of things that I need to do to make myself mentally feel okay. Yeah. Yeah, And I think there's something really important in there for people listening. I mean, I'm sure everybody's kind of found their groove at this point, or maybe you haven't, but I can speak for myself in the sense that um, finding like routine, establishing routine and and some normalcy in my life has been probably like the greatest strength that I've found because it's, it's gotten me through this. I mean, I know we've talked about this, pretty much every episode but like I live by myself and uh, to not go completely store crazy in all of this like I've had to really find some discipline in terms of habits and and things that I'm doing to maintain my sanity because uh, trust me it's very easy to have like a psychotic break at any moment <laughs> yeah and so yeah I'm trying to you know I don't know the routine the routine stuff helps though so Getting back to the purpose of our podcast, um, obviously we're still not going to the movies, um, so we're taking this time to discuss some films that are available on streaming services, Um, and this week we're bringing you the latest installment of our Netflix or Chill series, where we review two of the latest Netflix films, and do you ladies want to tell us what we're talking about this week? I figured you guys could do the introductions this week. Ooh, okay. So let's start with... I'm assuming you guys have your notes up. Nope. Um, yes. Okay. Lena, do you want to go first with Love, Wedding, sure. Repeats? I feel like I'll, uh, give, I'll give Natalie her, her, her Chris her, Hemsworth moment. Her Chris Hemsworth, yeah. All right. So we watched Love, Wedding, Repeat. It came out April 10th, obviously on Netflix. Um, it's a romantic comedy written by and direct. well, sorry, written and directed by Dean Craig. Um, it's his feature editorial debut. And uh, it's a remake of the 2012 French romantic comedy film Plan de Table. Um, the film stars Sam Caflin, Olivia Munn, and Eleanor Tomlinson. It was, oh, I already read that part. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's on there twice. <laughs> I didn't know this was a remake. That's actually really cool. I know. I didn't know that either. Interesting. 
What a um, fun little piece of trivia, Lena. Fun little trivia. Natalie, what, what else are we talking about this week? Uh, we're talking about Extraction. It's a 2020 action thriller film directed by Sam Hargrave and screenplay by Joe Russo based on the comic book uh, Ciudad by Andre Parks, Joe Russo, Anthony Russo, and Fernando Leon Gonzalez and Eric Skillman. Well, that's a lot of people working Dude, on that. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, anyways, uh, the film stars Chris Hemsworth. I'm not going to read any of the other names. And David Harbour. <laughs> I apologize. Um, I just unfortunately cannot pronounce it. <laughs> um, the plot follows black ops mercenary who must rescue a drug lord's kidnapped son in Bangladesh. Uh, the film was released on April 24th, 2020 by Netflix. Uh, mixed reviews from critics. Um, but they praised Chris Hemsworth's, Hemsworth's performance and the stunt work but lamented the excessive violence so um and then just a little tidbit of trivia on this sam hargrave the director this is his first feature film uh the budget was 65 million dollars he's a stunt guy wow and he was a stunt guy so this is very much million dollars i know I know, and I just want 1.5 million from Netflix for my my movie. So I don't Seriously. I don't understand uh, how this white man just got 65 million dollars. Oh, Chris Hemsworth, that's why. Oh, that's um, why. <laughs> so he's done like stunts on Avengers and half of Chris's movies, and uh, you know, and obviously that's where his strengths lie. So the stunts in this movie and the action was really really fun. Um, so that's pretty much. I would say the plot of the movie is stunts and action. I would argue that a lot of shooting is the plot of the movie. If you enjoy and that gun gun violence and shooting sounds and a lot the, of death and your surround sound, then this is the film for you. But we'll we'll get to that. I, I did ask Leno. You know, I was like, I wonder what the death count is, like the body count in this. It was got to be quite high. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's let's start off with something a little happier. Natalie, what is the martini this week? Um, I apologize. You did not get one. (laughs) I I didn't get an Uber delivery today. What the fuck? Um, So this is, you guys ready for it? Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) Oh, man. She's already giggling. Oh, Lord. (laughs) I want to give you your moment. So let's let's take a minute. Lena, let's take a moment. Let's all take a deep breath. <laughs> Audience, if you're listening in your car or I don't know, when you're walking. I got it. I'm what, ready. Whatever your ready. life is now. We're going to take a deep it's... breath and we're going to let Natalie tell us the martini this week is called. Champagne Vodka Extract Repeat. Okay. <laughs> so there's a part of me that's actually really glad that I'm not drinking this because I, the idea of drinking wow. champagne and vodka together just does not sound appealing to me. Um, oh. But I'm going to give you an A minus for the <laughs> the hybrid title. Uh, just everything that's <laughs> happening right now. I, I want you to know that I acknowledge you and that I appreciate you. <laughs> I feel like we needed one less word. <laughs> I know, but like I needed all of those things to be in there. You absolutely. No. Do. You absolutely. Yeah. I don't know what word to remove. Like the vodka. No. I mean, drink it. It's fine. 
That should be the name of it. Drink it. It's fine. It's fine. Oh my god, that should be like in the parentheses, the parenthetical underneath your on your social this week needs to be drink it, comma. It's fine. Or drink it. Period. It's fine. If you're trying to list the ingredients, there's another ingredient. So like your peach. Uh, This I said extract. It's a peach extract. So it's a peach. That's what the extract is covering. What is it called again? Oh, my Lord. So it's a peach extract (laughs) for extraction. No, what is the martini called? Yes, the martini is called champagne vodka extract repeat. Okay. Okay. I mean, uh, there's nothing else to really say about this. (laughs) I know. So I just, again, it definitely gave us the Peter tingle. So you're fine, but it's definitely champagne, vodka and peach juice. It's quite peach delicious. Peach I was hoping maybe you put like some sedative in there or something just for like extra effect, but no, I mean, it's strong as fuck. we might be out by the end of this podcast. Okay. It's fair. really good though. It's like yeah, a perfect like amount of peach cause it's not too sweet. Yeah. It's not overwhelming. Yeah, okay. and the vodka and the champagne make quite the combination. Yeah, yeah it sounds like I'm super jealous that I can't <laughs> be there with you. <laughs> so first up this week, let's start with um, love wedding repeat. Um, this is a film that I I have some feelings about actually. Um, I but when we. Let's, why don't you go ahead and share first? Okay, I'd love to do yeah, this. Yeah, I want you to go first. I'm actually, I'm curious about your guys' perspective on this one because, so I'm going to be really honest with you and tell you that I watched this, rather started to watch this, um, before we even like conceived of this episode. I think I like had watched part of this movie and thought like, oh, this might be something interesting to talk about. Um, and... I fell asleep the first time I watched this. It was uh, kind of late at night, and I had you fell asleep. And I had <laughs> I had some wine. I'm not gonna lie, um, but I. <laughs> Lena knows what that's from. <laughs> I mean, maybe I had a bottle of wine. I don't know. But the point is, I didn't make it all the way through, and like the trooper that I am, I decided that I was going to start the movie over because I wanted to respectfully be able to speak eloquently to it. So um, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. So I went back and watched from the beginning. Um, and actually, I, it kind of changed my perspective on this movie because the first time I watched it, I probably got about maybe like 20 minutes into it that I remembered. And I just like I had some really negative thoughts about this film. I didn't like the cast. I didn't like uh, I don't know. There was just something really like kind of boring about it to me. Um, but like I said, I went back and restarted it. And I was actually really glad that I did because I the I don't know. I, I think my biggest takeaway from this is that it's a really unique story. And I think obviously the overall aesthetic, um, and the location, like it's totally my vibe. I love, you know, just everything about the atmosphere in this film. Um I kind of felt like it was trying to be a modern day for weddings and a funeral. I don't know if you guys got that vibe from it without the funerals, obviously, but um I don't know. I my my first thought was that I found the the woman that plays the bride. I found her to be incredibly unlikable, and I will say that I never really got over that throughout the entire film. Um, I think even on second viewing, 
even on second viewing and even on like the kind of the twist that it takes halfway through the film, um, I just, I don't know. I never liked her. I never resonated with her character. Um, I did have an epiphany though during while I was watching this. I think that British people in film, and this is not meant to be, I don't know, like prejudice or whatever, but like, I just find that they never enunciate and it always sounds like they're mumbling to me. And so I'm always like straining to try to figure out like, what the fuck are they saying? And I feel like I, because of that, I miss like important lines of dialogue that, you know, somebody spent a lot of time writing and rewriting and whatever. And it just, it always annoys the fuck out of me. Um, one of our friends told us a trick when they're watching uh, movies with people with accents is that they put on the subtitles so that they can read it along if, just in case they don't understand what they're saying. I mean, I, you know what? I actually thought about that. I think in this instance, I i mean, it, they're speaking English. I understood enough of what they were saying. <laughs> I, I get your point. I definitely get your point. But for me, it was more just like, I don't know. I think I found it as particularly interesting with the guy that played like the maid of honor or the man of honor or whatever they ended yeah. up calling him. Um, I just, oh. I, I found that he was like incredibly like his ability to enunciate was non-existent. And it just like every time he spoke, it just annoyed the hell out of me. Um, I feel like we just went through this conversation. I mean, we I don't think we had a conversation about it, but we were, we're watching Killing Eve and there's this lady on there and she said something. And I think we tried to rewind it like seven times and neither one of us can figure out what the fuck she was saying. Yeah, we, we never, up. yeah. We're like, forget it. Yeah, well, But I she's almost, British. And, yeah. I felt so compelled to like on the last time and be like, I'm just going to put on the closed captioning so I can see read what she's saying but then i was like well fucking if you're not gonna pronounce it the you know a way that people can understand you then i I, then i guess it's not a line that i need to hear (laughs) (laughs) so irritated yeah i mean i kind of thought that too because i think like a good director would probably go back and say like this is an important line that needs to be enunciated and you need to go back and reshoot that scene or whatever and it didn't happen to your point so i'm like okay it must not have been an important line of dialogue um but I will say that, like, I, and this is, I'm getting into some spoilers here, but I, I thought it was really clever the way that they kind of started the movie over again halfway through or, you know, three quarters in or whatever it was. Um, and I loved how the second version worked out because I felt like as they restarted it, I felt that it was playing out very, very similarly to the way that the first version played out. And I was like, what's the purpose of restarting this if it's going to end the same way? But it was just enough of a twist on things that I actually like, I liked that. And I thought that was a really clever way to tell the story. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that I really liked the end. Um, and I think my biggest takeaway from this was like, next time anyone tries to cock block me, I'm just going to tell them to fuck (laughs) off. (laughs) And now I defer to you ladies. Lena. I, yeah, I really enjoy this movie. Um, I feel like I going into it, I knew that I was going to like it. Um, but then like, probably like 15 minutes in I was like I this movie is great and normally you know I'm kind of rude and like I don't like people and I don't like to watch things that they're in and I'm not an Olivia Munn fan and in no means do I think that she was changed my mind at all in this movie Olivia Munn is the dark haired woman right yeah okay the Asian girl yeah American she the um, Asian American (laughs) Well, the American in this movie. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Um, But she's like a Rashida Jones for me. It's just like there's nothing compelling. Fine, she's pretty, but there's nothing to her. Like, anyways. But 
she didn't annoy me in this movie. I didn't care two shits about her. Um, but I love that Sam Kaplan is so funny. I was like, I didn't realize that he had these little like kind of physical comedy things to him. I always thought he was just like that handsome British guy. Like, um, and I loved the maid of honor. <laughs> he, I was like, what is this guy? Um, I've only seen him on one other thing, which I recently just watched was yesterday. Um, but I didn't, I don't know anything about this guy, but I definitely want to watch anything that he's in. He is so funny. I love, I think that he made that first half of the movie before that twist and like redo of the movie. Um, very, very entertaining. Like he pretty much ruled that whole first half of the movie, I think. Um, but I mean, I, and also like the guy with the kilt. I mean, like, I think all the characters, like they were really cast well. I loved the bride. I thought she was stunning. I thought she was funny, but in her like bridezilla kind of way. Um, I don't know. I, I really liked her. She didn't take anything away from me. I, um, I love that it was like in Italy and like the scene, the like play, what I don't know, cathedral, whatever the hell they were in was beautiful like seeing the architecture of all that that was really nice yeah that's it yeah the castle was fucking gorgeous like the grounds and everything were so pretty Mm -hmm. yeah um i mean i completely agree with most of lena's thoughts i to me i don't know this one wasn't the one that i was excited to watch out of the batch of them um i don't know why because i feel like not that there's any like teens in this movie, but I feel like the rom-coms kissing booth and things like that, that are on Netflix don't typically resonate with the things that I like. And so I just, my expectations were at that level and was so pleasantly surprised by this movie. Like I had so much fun watching this movie. I was completely shocked. Yeah. So I think we laughed a ton and we just kept looking at each other like, Wait, this movie is hysterical. Like, yeah, like I got the gigs I was, I was a few surprised. times and it was just like stuff that just really <laughs> made me laugh. And I wouldn't say that I'm in particular like a British humor type of person. So it's not like I feel like that needs to be the specific audience because I do feel like there's a certain type of Brit humor that a small audience gets. Um, I'm not in that, but... So Joel Fry, who played Brian, who was the maid of honor, man of <laughs> honor. He So he was in Yesterday, um, which I love that movie. And he p- kind of played like his road manager in the movie, if you saw Yesterday, Sean. Um, and he was so freaking funny in that movie. And I was and I was like totally on board with him at that point. And then as soon as I saw that he was in this movie, I was like, yes, like I'm so excited to get to see more of this guy. And then to see how he kind of stole the show by being the one who spoiler alert, got drugged the first portion of the movie and just like how physically comical he was like, that was just so entertaining to me. And then it's funny, the structure, it was like weird about it, but then it's like, you see how you're kind of like lining up the people that you like in the first half of the movie and who you kind of want to end up together And then this switch happens 
And then it's like, oh, nope, like if the seating arrangement changes and this is the person who gets drugged, this is how the night unfolds. And then it's like, wait, I was like totally kind of like aligned with like what I wanted to happen for the evening. And now things are and what's the real version, da, 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 you know, and it's you think that you want this couple to like get together and you like want it to be as magical as it was. And for him to like rekindle that, that he like this opportunity that was stolen from both of them three years ago, even though I was like, you guys, this is a modern movie. You guys should have found each other on social media, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) She was kidnapped. Remember? I know. I'm sure she was doing other important stuff. So, you know, but it was really so fun to see Sam be so physically comedic. Like that was not something I was expecting at all. And so, like, his performance, especially in the second half of the movie, was so much fun. And then the guy in the kilt, I just, everything he did just tickled me. Like Natalie, I just, the whole time I just, kept thinking. He just stuck to it. I kept thinking, this is Natalie's type. Like, this is Natalie's dream man right here in this kilt. I, I will say, like, I did date somebody that looks exactly like that guy <laughs> shocking oh my god but but also like he's so fu- like just like so the, funny. the way he like tells stories and like the way he doesn't listen like it's just it was so perfect like every little thing that he was doing i was like this guy is really going for it and has stuck to this and it is great as soon as he like walked up to olivia munn at like that balcony area in the first part of the movie and was like, Oh, so we're going to be like wedding buddies and all of that. I was like, I love you. Like, I just (laughs) think you are so fucking funny. Yeah. I felt, I felt like Natalie, if there's anybody like Natalie goes to a wedding and she's like, I don't know. Kismet pairs her with somebody. It's this guy. I loved her. (laughs) For sure. But I was also like, weirded out and confused because I was like, would I like him if I were in the movie and this is a real person or do I like this performance of this? And you hoping would like that him, that's not a real person. You would like him if he was a real person. And to your I, earlier point, you, I, you, have, you, have dated really? a, you have dated a variation of this man probably more times than we can count. So, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like actually if you could find this guy, you would, you would be very happy with the situation. In fact, listen, I can edit this out if you want me to. But when I think of Portland, this is how I imagine him to be. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> How, how how close are how close am I? Am I on the mark? A little bit, but this guy had more teeth. Sean with the kill. Uh, can I keep this in? Can I keep this in? Because I know there's some people that are gonna appreciate my reference. Sure. Oh God. Cool. I'm just, oh man, that hurt one hurt my stomach. I really held that one in. <laughs> because I spoke so much truth there that it was like it was Woo. laugh out loud funny. Yeah, like, I know we're got more got teeth and more hair, so <laughs> Oh God. Anybody has more teeth. <laughs> what? Okay, let's move on. It's, it's too much. It's too much for the audience. Um <laughs> All right, so can, is there anything else? Any other thoughts on this? Can we score it? Can we move on to the one I really want to talk about? Sure. Lena? I'm going to go with um, I'm gonna go with the two on this one. It really tickled me. Gave me the gigs a lot. 
I totally would watch it again. It's not a perfect movie. Um, but for Netflix, it's pretty damn close. Yeah, I'm. I'm Don't with... find the panther on the back. No. Oh. <laughs> I'm with you. I think I was definitely tickled. I probably. I feel like I wanted. This is a movie that I just want to like put on to fall asleep to because it's like mindless and funny and whatever. Um, and I would say that the biggest compliment I can give this film, and you'll know what I mean when I say this, um, is that I forgot that I was watching a Netflix film. And I think Ooh. typically I'm somebody that like is constantly reminded throughout my viewing experience that I'm watching a Netflix film. So this was definitely a progress. Um, yeah, I'm also. Yeah, I feel uh, like they need to keep on this trajectory of like movies at this level, like good cast and just like yeah. good performances and like it won't matter. Exactly. So I'm also at a two. Natalie. Wow. I'm so excited, Sean. I was. <laughs> Really, when you sent us that text that you were like having a hard time getting through the movie, um, I was like, I better don't think not that's be the this one he was movie. Talking about. That's not okay, the one God. I was that, talking about. That's not the one he thank was talking about. Thank God. I was like, we are going to have words. Um, <laughs> oh, I knew already. I was like, no. <laughs> this, so this to me is like a two movie. Like it was so surprisingly enjoyable. And it's like one that I actually like am excited to recommend to people to watch because it's just, I hope I don't get people too excited about it by like talking it up too much. Um, but it just was like, it was shot beautifully. The location's gorgeous. The acting was really fun. And it's just like one of those, like go along for the ride, pour yourself a glass of champagne and just enjoy it. And I think it was just really, really fun. Yeah. I'm really excited. I would say go in with like bird box level expectations and you'll be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Natalie, what's your That's score? A great way of putting it. I said it too. Oh, you did? Okay, cool. We're aligned. All right. Up next, I don't even know where to begin with this one. Who wants to start? <laughs> uh, so, what to say about this movie? So, I had a feeling going into this movie that it was going to be similar to Drive, where we have a hot, hot man, and that was Ryan Gosling, and we would go an entire two-hour feature-length film and not remove a t-shirt ever. And... Which is unfortunate, let's be honest. Let's just call it what it is. Which is, I was like, in Drive, this whole movie, I was like, how does he have clothes on the entire time? And a missed opportunity. So, and I had a feeling that this was going to be the case in this movie. Just had a feeling. And there was one moment where he's not a piece of meat. Yes, he is. (laughs) (laughs) And he took off his shirt to change into a more bigger a bigger t-shirt and then put on like bulletproof vest or some sort of vest over top of that no there was a moment before then he took his shirt he had no shirt on but he never turned around yeah that was that's the moment i'm talking about is it yeah i was gonna say you didn't let me thought it was too separate you didn't let me know that moment is even worth the breath that we're spending to discuss this (laughs) this is (laughs) These are the things I care about, Sean. I know, but I'm just you saying. You can't this. give exactly. me a movie with Chris Hemsworth and not have his shirt off one time where I could see his chest. Does he take his shirt off in Thor? 
Of course he does. In an <laughs> end game? Yeah, he's Fat Thor. His belly oh, is out the whole time. Fat Thor. Okay, so you would have rather you would have rather seen Fat Thor again? Yes. Oh my god. Oh lord. I oh, love geez. Fat Thor. <laughs> I mean, I love Fat Thor too, but gee, not for those reasons. Yeah. Well, okay. So some positives. This is a very action-packed movie. If people haven't already gathered that, it's directed by a stunt person of the year. Yes. Um, there's a very thrilling, if that's the right word, uh, action packed 11 minute sequence at the kind of like in the first act of the film. Uh, so when he first gets the kid and gets out of, um, and he's like, it's the two of them trying to like escape all of these people trying to come after them. Um, and so a lot of it is like, kind of made to look like one long shot through this whole sequence and it's very intense and the fight like the hand-to-hand combat is a little crazy and intense and fun um but it's just there's it's there's not a lot of fun in this movie and it's just One of the things I like about Chris the most is like how charismatic and funny he actually is. And so to like not even have even small little glimmers of that was really disappointing, which I know the story we're telling doesn't really work for that, but it just, that doesn't make me enjoy spending two hours watching Chris not be the version of Chris I enjoy most. So, I I mean, there's a lot of action. I got bored. There's a lot of killing. I don't know about the lot action. Of is it's a lot of killing. Yeah. Yeah, it's um. All right, so I I have some thoughts about this, of course, and I I I'm not not going to hold back as I as I articulate them. Um, my, my thesis, just to give you some insight into my thoughts, is basically that in reference to the title. I would rather have a tooth extraction than have to watch this film again. <laughs> oh my god! Kind of my overall summary of things. Um, Without Novocaine, perhaps I don't know. Um, uh, my my first thought after spending what felt like half of my life watching this film was: this movie absolutely did not need to be as long as it was. Um, it was only an hour and I think forty two minutes, but it felt like it was four hours. It's just. It was nonstop fighting and shooting and violence and gunshot. Oh my God. Like, I think my neighbors probably thought I was being murdered up here because it was <laughs> insane. Like, and yeah. my surround sound, my dog was scared the whole time this movie was on. Like, it was just not a pleasant experience for me or him. Um, it, it just, it felt like your run of the mill, like, overly produced action film to me with, like, not enough plot, but let's, let's bring out the, you know, the fighting and whatever. Um, I felt That's like exactly the, what this is. <laughs> yeah. It's just for me. And like, it had bad CGI too. It, oh yeah. And to that point though, like even like not even Chris Hemsworth could save this film. And I was actually like, that was the one part that I was looking forward to. And I thought, well, he's at least going to like, he's not going to star in a bad movie. You know what I mean? Like that's his people just wouldn't let him do that. Um, and so I kind of just ran out of thoughts. And so once again, I turned to the people and so I found some. Oh my god! I, ref- I f- oh, I love these. I found some reviews, um, 
And I'm just going to read a couple of them because why not? It's fun. This is perfect. All right. So first up, finally got to see what Thor did between Infinity War and Endgame. <laughs> um, well, those guys are lucky he didn't bring his hammer this time. Um, mm-hmm. Producer, how much hazy yellow filter do you want used in this movie? Netflix, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Director, this movie is set in India and Bangladesh. Colorist, grabs orange filter. Say no more. Movies <laughs> <laughs> um, are great. <laughs> sometimes I forget how everything outside of the U.S. is yellow. <laughs> are these is, all color based people were really angry about this one element of the film is there a single Hollywood movie featuring India that doesn't show some random slum in Mumbai, Delhi and yellow filter um, <laughs> something is wrong the city is on lockdown coronavirus has joined the chat <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny <laughs> I could go on but I think it's pretty much the same point is reiterated over and over again. Um, I, I don't know. I just, again, this film for me, I this film was really hyped, and I feel like Netflix, Netflix has done a lot to promote this. Um, and I just, I, I was excited for it because I thought, okay, cool. We're in quarantine, a Chris Hemsworth movie. Let's, let's, I'll play along. Let's do it, yeah. And it just. I just, I, yeah, I don't feel like this is the type of movie I think people need right now. Yeah. I think showing kids turn into killers and gangsters and like all everybody in this town is like out to like kill this kid and Chris Hemsworth. Like it just was one of those, everybody's a shitty human being type of movie. And what I thought was going to be a shining light on the film with a, you know, surprised appearance by David Harbour you know, spoiler alert, doesn't turn out to be all that you want it to be. It was good for a moment. Like his, yeah. he at least brought a little charisma in there. I will have to yeah, say. Yeah, for sure. The only charisma. He just had, yeah, the only charisma in this movie. Like he had a little bit of him. Like mm-hmm. it's just why I love David Harbour. But it de- clearly didn't save the movie. Yeah. yeah. Lena, any other thoughts? I just have the one thought. Because... You know, I'm going to tell you what. Oh, I know this where you're going. No triple frontier. <laughs> you know, I'm triple frontier by all means is a way better movie than this. I'm sorry. I mean, I never thought it I would concede more to that. Story. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. You felt the anxiety. You felt the story. You felt the character. Like, come on. I mean, to Natalie's point, I think that was a much more, as much as I never thought I'd be uttering these words, but like, it was a much more interesting film to watch. Um, I think to your point, Lena, like the dynamic of just, I don't know, like the suspense and there was some plot. I just, I, I just felt like I was just watching like a bad action film that like never really had an ending or a beginning. I feel like I was dropped into the middle of this film and then I just had to participate. Yeah. I mean, granted, yes, I will. The stunt work is good. Like the stunt work's good, but this is this guy's first time directing a movie. Um, the stunts are good, but uh, everything else about it, character development, uh, any of that stuff, it's like there's nothing there. It's all the stunts, and it's just like, 
way too much murder. And, I mean, it's not even murder. It's just, like, flat out just, like, killing literally everything in sight. Like, I don't know yeah. how many bullets were used. I don't know. It's just crazy. So, one thing that I kind of was a little pissed right when we started the movie. And I was like, don't be pissed. Maybe it'll be fine. But the beginning of the movie shows Chris Hemsworth on this bridge with all this carnage and cars and bullets flying and he gets shot and is like pretty much taken down at this point where you're like, how could one survive after what it looks like he looks like? And then it's like, rewind two days ago. And then it's like, Okay, so now you're trying to get me invested in this character and in this journey when now I know we're going to get to this point at the end of the movie. So at a certain point, if you wanted me to care about this person, I'm probably not going to care because I know he's probably going to get shot and die at the end. I mean, that's interesting. I never thought about that. I don't know. I didn't. I I don't think I became as invested (laughs) as you. I mean, yeah, but it's like, I do wonder, like, would that have made me a little bit more invested and, like, want him to, like, get off this bridge and get this kid out of here? I don't know. It just, it just seemed so, like, you know, man with a scarred past and his kid obviously died and, you know, we're not going to hear a whole lot of that story for a while. We're just going to have these, like, flashbacks of this kid on a beach, you know, and it just, like... And he's living in this shitty apartment with a chicken in Australia. <laughs> this girl with like way too fancy of clothes is going to come in and oh, bad yeah. act her way around that place. And it just in her wig or whatever was going on with her hair. And then we're going to keep her hair down and we're going to bring her in at the end. And she's going to walk out of that fucking helicopter with a fucking bazooka. And she's going to take one shot and take down the helicopter and then she's got a rifle and she's going to take one shot and get that guy. And I'm like, you've only shot two shots and a thousand people have died throughout the last two days on this journey. Ridiculous. And, and your hair's down and in your face because the wind is blowing and it's just driving me crazy. I mean, these are all valid points. I can't, I can't argue with you. And she was in this super ridiculous top when they were like in... I think they were in a hotel room kind of like doing recon and communicating with him. It was like this like flouncy black top that was like off the shoulder. And I was like, what military like woman (laughs) would be wearing this type of clothing? It was like a fucking Bangladesh. A man, of course, wrote and directed this fucking movie. Of course. Of course he did. Like, wow. Can we get her in some appropriate clothing and put her hair in a goddamn ponytail? <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, meanwhile, you want Hemsworth to take his shirt off. I get it. I, I see. You know? your, I see your sexist mind <laughs> mind set here. I'm not not. I'm not here for but this. But you know what? She was in a fancy little outfit when she came to visit him. That's fine. And they obviously had a past and a romantic past. I got it. We establish it now. Let's put her in proper clothing when it comes to war attire. Well, I mean, she he should have ripped that first outfit off of her and just, like, got it on, and then, like, we could move on from there. Proper you know, I'm, I'm okay with that. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, hello, do some kind of action around here. Yeah. All right, are you ready to score this one? <laughs> 
Oh, one th- scene that I thought Lena was oh, going to talk Lord. about for <laughs> sure. <laughs> so when they escaped in the sewer, Lena was just having a shit fit. Get it? Oh, that <laughs> pun intended. <literally. laughs> Shit fit. Okay, thank you. Natalie's bringing the jokes. I was today. like, can we also just imagine how fucking hot it is in Bangladesh and you're in the shit like water? Like, I just, it's like the worst. I was like, oh, I think I told her, I was like, you know, if I was ever like a secret agent or black ops, uh, you know, like person, like just out there, that would be my one downfall. It's like, I'm never taking anyone in the sewer. Like, I'm never, I'm going to keep running. I'm going to find a way out. I'm not going down there. It's disgusting. It smells, it's, I can't even imagine how bad. I'd rather smell dead bodies. Whoa. Which there are plenty of these in the movie. So <laughs> maybe Whoa. it smelled the same. I don't know. That's intense. Yeah, I, I just like when they got into that sewer and I saw like the CGI rats and stuff. And I was like, okay, for sure. This is. It's still disgusting, and I'm really grossed out by what is happening in the sewer right now. And then I saw a lot of bugs flying around, and I was like, I don't know if those are CGI or not, but I don't want to be down there. Like, it's (laughs) making me uncomfortable that I'm watching this right now, and I feel like I smell it, and I just want to leave. (laughs) Okay, I feel like I need to go watch Love Wedding Repeat again just to cleanse myself of this experience. Get some yes. love repeated again. And then repeat, yeah. All right, let's let's score this one because I think we've spent enough time on this. Um, uh, I'm just going to start. I'm, I'm at a four. <laughs> I'm, I'm borderline five. The only reason I gave it a, five, four, a four instead of a five is because I just, somebody executed this, and so I want to give somebody credit, but yeah. <laughs> what do you feel is worse than this? Where is your barometer on this four? Um, what would you rather not watch? It's a tough one. That's a really good question. I mean, I know I, I, to be honest with you, I'd rather watch bird box again than suffer through this, Uh, this movie. I think for me, and this is my always, this always is what happens with Netflix films for me. I have my expectation is like way up here and I don't know why, because they've never really set the bar there. So I don't know why my expectation always lives in that space, but my expectation is always really high with these movies because You've got an all-star cast. You've got, you know, the people that brought you the Avengers. Like, there's the logic makes sense that this should be a great film. And so I'm up there and I'm invested in it from the beginning. And then just it gradually just deteriorates. And so I, I don't know. I can't even say Bird Box because I, I would rather watch Bird Box. I would rather watch Triple Frontier again. And I didn't like either oh, of those films. Wow. Um, I just, I don't know. I just, this, this is not a movie for me. And I don't know who this movie's no. for because I, I, I feel like I do have an appreciation for like the action genre. Um, but it, this just didn't do it for me. Lena? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys. I'm at a four. I mean, you're lucky I'm giving it a four because of Chris Hemsworth. Um, I don't know. And I, I don't know. And the stunts, I like movies like this with the good stunts and the physicality of like that. But yeah, I, I don't want to watch this again. I mean, I think that's an actually a valid point that I hadn't really given much thought to. But like if you substituted Chris Hemsworth for any other B-level actor. It's not going to work. It, nothing about this film would have worked. Like he's the only draw in this film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Natalie? Uh, I would definitely have to get a... Give it a four. I think this 
shockingly, this like white hero man story has kind of been told, and I, it's surprising that we're still telling that story and shooting a bunch of Indians and like all of these people are dying and it's like this one white man is the one coming in to save this kid and it's just a little bit stale to me that's not an exciting story where I just to me if you kind of want to watch a good version of this then Sicario 2 to me would be that story where it's like you have Benicio Del Toro and Josh Brolin and the girl in the movie is so fucking talented. And it's you're you've got a compelling plot and you've got the stunts and action in a much better movie and a beautifully shot film. Yeah. This I actually me, haven't seen that. I haven't was, seen this. This second was one. none of those. Oh, things. my God. I mean, the first Sicario is like unbelievable. And the second one is pretty good, too. And Benicio Del Toro is just like unfucking real in it. Um, so to me, it's like, then watch that. This to me didn't have really any redeemable qualities in it, but yes, some of the stunts and action were fun. And that 11 minute action scene was slightly impressive. So I give it a four. All right. But I I don't think I want to sit through this again. Yeah. Same. (laughs) All right. Let's move on to the final segment, which is. It's been Netflix or chill in the past, but because we're all in lockdown, um, we've changed it temporarily to stream or quarantine. So let's go through um, the first one, which was Love Wedding Repeats. I am at a stream. Stream. Stream, stream, stream all the way. Oh my gosh. I actually might watch this again. This I know, week. I kind of do. Sometime soon. I really <laughs> liked it a lot. Yeah. I, I love think- the guy <laughs> in the guilt. I just can't. I know. I, I I really want to watch it again. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we need to find that actor for Natalie because I think I that's truly her perfect though. man. I would love I would love to have him in our friend group, though. Can you just imagine? Like, that would be fun for us, even. <laughs> His name he's is Tim so Key, just a heads up. So, so okay. he's so just so funny. We are going to do this. We're going to track down... Tim for Natalie, Max. We're gonna, d- we're gonna slide into his DMs for Max you. Max from Vanderpump Rules for me, and who are we? Who oh, are we socking? Who are we socking for you, Lena? <laughs> oh Lord, it was Ben Affleck, but then I feel like oh, God, yeah, he's now over. taken. He's my always my number one, but um, I don't know who am I into I right like now? Like a new one? I don't have a new one. Hmm. All right, well, you I think know. about that. Maybe next week we can talk yeah, about Yeah, I need your, to work on this. Your love interest. Well, who can this be? Hmm. All right, moving on to extraction. Um, are we all aligned on this one? Quarantine. Quarantine. Yeah, okay. I don't know, guys. I'm on the line. What? What? Well, I feel like, if, I feel like people are going to watch this because of Chris Hemsworth. I know, but I our job know. is to tell them whether or not that's applicable. <laughs> Yeah, you know, even with all that, yeah, you got to quarantine this one, man. I don't even think this. Sh- yeah, they shouldn't have made this. This, this well, because is a step it's like down. you were talking about the fact that it's like, yeah, there was also terrible CGI in it. We're just yeah, like, it, it is. Yeah, if you're this right. is, right. if you're gonna rely on the merits of your stunts, and then you're gonna have this car crash yeah. mm-hmm. sequence that you can't do. Mm-hmm. in it's probably a safe way and blow yeah. up this car. It looks like shit. Like, don't then come up with a different stunt. If that's gonna, your whole movie is an action movie, 
And then yeah. this big end of this car chase is you're going to do this shit CGI that looks like it's from the 90s. No, thanks. <laughs> it was I literally looked at you and I was like, oh, no, <laughs> no, it was so bad. I mean, uh, yeah, go watch Triple Frontier and then uh, rethink that movie again. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at Triple Frontier from a whole different perspective it's now. Really, exactly. really shocking. Well, because then you think about like Triple Frontier and keeping, them like getting gore. Are we keeping score of Lena's score? Because I feel like I everything looks better at this point. Lena, I'm going to tell you something right now. I would rather watch the fucking cutting edge again than suffer through this shit. Okay, that's how bad it was. Of course, that is yeah. no doubt. I would love to watch the cutting edge again instead of this. Oh, but shit. I feel like Triple Frontier is a movie we shat all over, and I look at it very differently. Now it's like a cinematic I, fucking masterpiece. Yeah, like it's like, oh, look at all these actors, and Charlie Hunnam had a shirt off in the beginning. It's like, thank you, thank you. That's what you're well, supposed to do. Uh, you're welcome. Reel in your female audience, and now we're okay with this movie. Yeah. I mean, I would say Triple Frontier is definitely a palate cleanser in comparison to this. So if you do... I am dying. Against our better recommendation, if you decide to watch this movie, Triple Frontier will be a great, great palate cleanser after that. <laughs> hey, there's some good thoughts that come out of this brain, you guys. Hey, you know. I am willing to acknowledge that from time to time. It's fine. Yeah, from time to time, I'm okay with it, too. All right. We've got a very special episode for you guys next week. Um, we're not going to reveal anything other than that. Other no. Than to say it's going to be a lot of fun. So yeah. join us next week. We, we can't say why we're doing it. No. It's I think gonna, we should. Why not? Because I, I think, I think I it needs... A little teaser. Here's what I'm going to say. As always, we want to thank you for listening. For more information, please be sure to visit themartiniscale.com where you can find links for all of our social channels in addition to show notes and more. If you haven't already, please head over to Apple Podcast and rate and review us. It helps others discover the show. We'll see you next time. Cheers! Cheers. Bye!